Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Innkeeper's Guest Book. I am the illustrious Innkeeper hostess with the mostest, Innkeeper Freddie, coming to you live from Union Inn in uh, Washington, D.C., 1112, 1114, 3rd Street, Northeast, uh, steps to Nomagalida Metro Station. Nice little brisk walk to uh, Union Station. A nice leisurely jog to Capitol Hill. We have a couple of amazing and returning guests to Union Inn, Kate and John McCann. Did I pronounce it right? Mm-hmm. You did. All righty. So we have a lot of ground to cover today. You all are in for a very, very, very big treat. So first off, how are you all doing? Terrific. Thank you. Great. All right. And uh, how was uh, this last weekend in D.C.? We had great fall weather. Like really great fall weather. You today did. Was, Yesterday uh, really... was a little windy, but today was fabulous. All right. So when you were in town this time, what did you all end up, end up doing? Yesterday we went to Mount Vernon, and today we saw the Botanical Gardens, and then down to the Thomas Jefferson Memorial, and then down to Wharf, D.C. Okay. What did you think of the Wharf? Beautiful. Did you grab a bite to eat down there? Sure did, at what? Hank's Oyster Bar. Okay. And so did you order like a oysters on the half shell? You bet. And a lot of beer. <laughs> a lot of beer. Hey, you can't beat that combination right there. And so uh, I guess, yeah, oysters do come up from the North New England area. Like so, But does Vermont have coastline? I'm sorry. I'm so geographically challenged. We do not. New Hampshire does and Maine and Massachusetts, but not Vermont. Okay. And so when you do get um, oysters, do you shun the oysters from uh, New Hampshire if there are any? But we, we just, you know, eat them where they are. They they bring them to us right in Montpelier, Vermont, uh, right at our local watering hole. Okay. We were also in Maine this uh, past summer, and you could buy oysters right out of a refrigerator. So we had in a lot of oysters. In somebody's backyard. That's right. Wait, oysters in a refrigerator out of someone's backyard? Right in Maine. All right, please explain this. You just walk up. It's the honor system. So uh, you put your money in the box, and you take the oysters out, and you go home, and you shuck them and eat them. But this, this refrigerator is outside. Outside? So wait, is it like a, a, a chest freezer like you lift up? Or is it like a formal refrigerator? Just a formal refrigerator. <laughs> That's New England. Hey, I love it. So I'm curious. What is the temperature like up there right now? When we left uh, this past weekend, it was 38 degrees and spitting snow and rain. It's lovely. Is that normal? This time of year it is. No, but it's always been normal. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. Um, all right, Montpelier, that is the capital of Vermont. Um, do you all have good skiing out there? Excellent skiing. Okay. Are you all skiers or snowboarders? We are all skiers. Okay. And have you all, okay, I guess back up a bit. Are you all originally from the Vermont area? I'm from New Hampshire. Okay. And I was born in New York, but grew up mostly in Vermont. Okay. And so um, there's kind of a subtle, subtle rivalry between like uh, Maryland and Virginia, D.C. area. I remember I had some guests that stayed with me that I believe were from New Hampshire. And they were like, oh, yeah, we don't do anything with Vermont. Is there like a subtle rivalry between New Hampshire and Vermont? I don't think so. We we have the beer and the the White Mountains are pretty spectacular in New Hampshire. So we, we share pretty well, I think. Okay. Um, so one of the interesting things about you all is that for the last 11 years, you all have been owning and operating the North Branch Vineyards. Is that correct? Yes, it is. All right. So give me the history, please. 
So in 1998, we moved back to Vermont from being in the central coast of California. And I was an aerospace engineer. And at one particular point in time, I decided to change my career to become a winemaker because we had a passion in wine from being in California. And uh, we started that again in 1990. No, we started in 2007. And uh, we've been doing it ever since. Okay. And so you moved to Vermont in the late 90s. So actually, I think I misspoke. So we moved to California in 1998. We moved back to Vermont in 2004. That's when our youngest daughter, or our oldest daughter was born. And was the idea of a vineyard already in the works from when you all were decided to move back to Vermont? or It was not. I actually moved back to work for General Dynamics, working under the Comanche program. And by the time that we, I was hired, and by the time that we located ourselves in Vermont, the Comanche program had been canceled. So at that point, General Dynamics didn't really have a position for me. So I worked on overhead for about a year before they decided it was time to make a change. And at that point, that's when I decided to have a career change. So you're an aerospace engineer. So that means you're pretty uh, left brain. You have like a left brain tendency, correct? Yes, actually. When I started the winery, everything was very linear. Everything had to be procedure formulated down to, you know, down to crossing the T's and dotting the I's. Um, Over the course of the 11 years, I found myself going from the left to the right. So I've become more creative. And actually, a lot of our customers have commented on how different our wines have evolved over the course of the time because of that change. That's very interesting. And so um, is that with respect to the behind the scenes operations of the business as well? Or is that specifically with, uh, say, the percentage of varietals that you use and how much and I, I think that I've I've learned more about the particular varietals that we use and and how to develop them more creatively, um, which is a little bit different than some of the other competitive wineries that we have in the state. Okay, all right. Um, it what type of um, equipment I guess would you use in the 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 the, the wine making that uh, you think might gives you a competitive advantage? I do believe that some of the smaller winemakers in the state of Vermont don't have the nice pneumatic press that we have, okay. which is all in a, you know, automatically um, a soft press and, and takes the grapes from a very gentle um, manipulation from grapes to juice, where I notice some of the smaller wineries in the state use a more what they call a water bladder press, which is a much more harder press, more vigorous. I'm not sure that they can do the testing that you do either. We also do a lot of analysis work. So uh, that's part of my, my engineering aspect still that hangs in there is we do all of our own personal testing. So I have an entire lab in the winery where we, we can test acidity, sulfites, pH, um, everything that needs to go into the scientific part of winemaking. Okay. And I guess, hmm, because the there's the science to it, which is also like more so chemistry, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. A lot um, of chemistry. And then there's the engineering part, which is kind of like problem solving. 
the engineering part comes into where I'm looking at a piece of equipment that may be more expensive than we can um, afford. So the engineering part of me comes into play and saying, how can I create the same piece of equipment with less money? All right. One example is we needed a steamer to completely steam and sterilize our tanks, which is about a thousand or ten thousand dollar piece of equipment, which Ooh. I created for about thirty five dollars. Wow. So that's where the engineering comes into play. That's a very, very, very good skill to have. Definitely. It saves money. Um, how much did you have to bone up on chemistry? to get to where you are right now, or at least to get to the point of starting the, 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 the winery? Well, believe it or not, chemistry was not my strongest suit in college. I actually dropped out my first course and then had to retake it again uh, later. Um, I still didn't understand chemistry until I actually got into winemaking where I then took some classes at uh, Cornell University. Oh. And that really put me forward with the chemical analysis part of the business. Okay. Before you moved out to Vermont, did you take any classes at UC Davis? I did not. I took classes at UC Davis when we moved back to Vermont, believe it or not. So uh -huh. most of my classes for winemaking were through UC Davis online. And some of those classes I found more aggressive than the engineering classes that I took at University of Vermont. Oh, do tell. Um, just really outside the box. Um, some of the, you know, the questions that they ask you on exams and things are, you know, again more of that creative part which was something that I wasn't accustomed to so it really made me stretch out and really dig deep to find how to solve those kind of problems so it definitely uh, opened up my eyes to the world of winemaking that's great and so ladies and gentlemen in case you were wondering about how good this wine is uh, in 2018 they won best uh, Vermont wine as well as in 2012 and 2014 so they are multiple year winners of uh, making wine. They know what they're doing. Um, I'm curious. There was a Netflix show that I watched maybe a year or two ago called Psalm in the Bottle. Um, and then there was another one. The, the I think Psalm came first and then was Psalm in the Bottle where they talked about people uh, looking to go get their master sommelier. As a owner operator of a vineyard what were your thoughts on what they were going through like did you feel it was overkill or did you feel like wow this is like needed well believe it or not a lot of people have told me i needed to watch both of those and i have not seen either one of those okay you need to watch it. however when people come to me at our tasting room or wherever we are in an event they always first say well i'm not a real sommelier on wine and i say you don't have to be what you need to do is try the wine if you like it great if you don't let's try something different so it's all about the taste of what your personal preference is not necessarily what the winemaker has to say you need to enjoy it to like it to buy it to drink it okay how often do you all go on wine trips to other vineyard er wine areas every time we see a sign that says winery we turn and go to that winery we're always experiencing new places. So is it more so market research or is it more so like enjoyment of just wine? Well, our family's from Syracuse area. So every Black Friday, we are in the Finger Lakes doing what we call research, which is nothing more than just drinking on the uh, company's dollar. So when you say Black Friday, is that, is that like an event that happens or are you saying just for the sake of... So Black Friday is the shopping Friday yes. after Thanksgiving yes. and everybody's doing their shopping and we say, let's go drinking. <laughs> 
it's not bad logic at all. I, I like it. I like it. Um, do you all give out wine bottles as Christmas gifts? I think I give out a lot more wine than I probably should, but that's a lot of promotion type stuff. So yeah. getting it out there and letting people try it and, and the word of mouth really helps uh, build the business. That's great. That's great. All right. Um, and so how many acres do you have? Um, I guess to, to get the idea so, of the scope of the operation. Actually, we're a very micro-sized winery. Um, we do roughly currently about 12,000 bottles. Um, we did plant a new vineyard this year, which will, uh, in 2020, uh, increase us to about 32,000 bottles. So we're going to almost triple our production in a couple of years. Wow. Okay. And do you have to monitor these grapes like meticulously for the next two years, pretty much? It's three years till you get your first fruit, and all you do is prune them, manicure them, Take care of them. Make sure the deer don't eat the leaves. Everything. Do you talk to them? More or less swear at them. (laughs) Sorry. If you could see me right now, I'm like laughing. Um, Is it a matter of, is it the grape's fault or is it the vine's fault? It's nature. Nature. Vermont is a very hard place to grow grapes. Mm. Um, Lots of rain, lots of humidity, lots of heat. Um, this past year, which I thought planting a new vineyard would be easy because we live in Vermont with a lot of rain and we had no rain. So we had to put an irrigation system in, um, which drained our pond about six feet in the first two months. Wow. Um, definitely always a challenge growing grapes in the Northeast. So um, off the 12,000 bottles, are these grapes that you all have grown yourself or is the the 2020 vintage that you have will allow you to be because i believe you all do at times buy grapes locally we do actually um currently we buy almost 100 percent of our grapes by um, growers who grow for us specifically um, with the new vineyard that will be coming online in 2020 we're hoping to be 100 percent estate grown all right that's great okay um the names of how many different bottles do you all have that come out annually on a given year we have i think seven or eight different varietals um we've we've been up to 14 or 15 and i've cut that back okay and what specific types of grapes do you mostly focus on? Right. So everything comes from pretty much the University of Vermont. That's the grape breeding college Minnesota. or university. Um, Not Vermont. Uh, I'm sorry. University of Minnesota, actually. And um, everything is comes from Vermont. So the nursery where we get the grapevines are from Vermont, but they're all um, produced from the University of Minnesota. So Marquette, La Crescent, Frontenac. Petite Pearl, uh, St. Croix, Frontenac Gris, Frontenac Blanc, Aldamina, some really great grapes. Okay. And these type of grapes yield what type of wines? From white wines to red wines to dessert wines, all spectrums. So pretty much everything, every single type of white or red wine you all pretty much produce. Yes. Okay, great. 
Um, so uh, for 2018, was there a specific bottle that won that, or was it just the vineyard as, as a whole? It was a specific wine. It was called uh, Proprietor's Blend. Okay. Is this the one I'm drinking right yeah, now? It is the one you're drinking right yeah. now. Yeah. Can, can you hear the 2018 best of through the headphones? It was a blend of uh, 40% of our Frontenac, okay. 40% of our Petite Pearl, and 20% of the Marquette. Right. And 2012-2014. Both won for our white wine, La Crescent, which is a very German-style Riesling wine white wine so that means it's not sweet or is it it's a what we call a semi-dry so it's not sweet but not dry so it's kind of somewhere there in the middle like a gerstermeiner yes all right is it sparkly kind of like a it is not it's a still wine okay all right okay you ready kate i am (laughs) all right so uh the reason that they came to stay with us is because kate was a uh i guess winner or a, a awardee or what would be the proper word to say for that um so there was an application process mm-hmm. so uh i would say awardee okay yeah. awardee of the albert einstein distinguished educators fellowship she's going to be with us in dc uh basically for the next or through july of next year mm-hmm. and she's going to be working um on the hill with a congresswoman to basically um, have a um, what's the word I'm looking for voice uh, yes a voice mm-hmm. um, but also to learn so basically yep. uh, it's basically it's basically bottom up and top down so basically um, uh, she is going to be able to lend a hand with respect to the um, development of policy uh, by giving her hands-on experience of you know what she believes works what is basically needed and on the flip side, the congresswoman is going to be able to help her with respect to, hey, this is the policy that we're working on and maybe some other top level things that go into making policy work. And so it's a very uh, symbiotic relationship. Would that be the right word? Or I um, think that's great. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, so what was that whole process like? So I had to make a decision about, um, you know, whether this was the right time to apply I decided to give it a go. I applied. I was chosen as a semifinalist. I came here to interview. Um, I had talked to my family. Uh, My nine-year-old said, Mommy, I really don't want you to do this, but I also know that um, you get everything that you want to go, that that you get. When you want to go for it, you get it. So that was like a moment where I was like, you know, this is what I need to do for my family. It's what I need to do for my girls. They need to know that if they want something, they can get something if they work hard enough for it. So I came here and I interviewed the semifinalist interview. It was a very strange interview process because when I got here, there were about 36 people and we sat around a table and I can remember the first person striking up a conversation asked me, what is it you know, what is it you teach? And I said, I teach high school math. And the person's response was, oh, I thought this was just for science teachers. And I was like, holy crap, I might be in the wrong room. And it turned out I wasn't in the wrong room. This is for math, science, engineering, uh, technology teachers. It's for all STEM teachers uh, to apply for. And um, yeah, so when we got the calls back, that person wasn't part of the process and I was still part of the process. So I was like, okay, I might have been in the right room. This this works for me. 
definitely were. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the the Albert Einstein Fellowship is for STEM teachers, correct? STEM teachers okay. out of the come out of the classroom, come to Capitol Hill, work in various agencies. Um, some people for uh, the National Science Foundation. Some people are at NASA. We have uh, one person at the Library of Congress. We have five people on Capitol Hill. Four of us um, with House of Representatives, and one person in a um, uh, committee with the Education and Workforce Committee. Okay. And so do all of, say, the science people or the tech people go to NASA or is there a STEM for each one of those? Yeah, there's definitely some people uh, working for the engineering part of the National Science Foundation. There's only one person at NASA. Five of us are on the Hill. So we're just out and around and it, it really doesn't depend on what you taught before. It just depends on the right fit for the agencies and what they're looking for here. All right. So uh, you started around Labor Day. I did. I started just after Labor Day, the Tuesday after. Uh, on on Labor Day, I drove from Vermont to Virginia. I killed a zoo-sized spider when I got here. Whoa. And then I started the next day on Capitol Hill. And the zoo-sized spider was oh in Virginia? It was. Yes, it was um, on the ceiling, and I was freaking out, and I called John, and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I found this vacuum that was like a reverse leaf blower, and I just sucked it off the ceiling, and then I took the whole vacuum outside thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do with the fact that there's this zoo-sized spider inside the vacuum? And I left it out there. I talked to my fellows at orientation, and they were like, you know, it's 90-something degrees here. It's really hot. I think if you just left it outside, it's probably dead then the next day I talked to them again and I was like you know it's all shriveled up and they were like then it's certainly dead and I was like what if it's faking we're gonna leave it out one more day it this is like traumatic for me this is a big deal so anyway I left it in there until the homeowners came home and then I told them it was in there and said I can't get it out you're gonna have to deal with it <laughs> and it was hanging from the ceiling it was hanging from the ceiling well it was it was on on a vent and I sucked it off the vent and, and I is, heard it go thump into the back of the whoa yeah so this is like big. one of the hairy ones I don't know how hairy it was I just know it was bigger than anything I'd seen in Vermont or anywhere except in a zoo so that's why I called a zoo size spider well welcome to DC <laughs> <laughs> so uh two months in uh yep w w uh let us know what what, what your experience has been thus far so a lot of what I do is I go to briefings. I go to things that I'm interested in. I go to things that are STEM related. Um, I've been to uh, the Washington Post for a live um, briefing there. And I, I most recently went to one on, uh, at NASA. Um, I, I go to a lot of briefings. I learn a lot of stuff. I bring it back to the office. I share it with the ledge people who are there. Sometimes they ask me to go out to places. Um, I take meetings from folks from the Cleveland area. Cleveland and Akron is, is uh, the 11th district of Ohio is where the Congresswoman uh, Marsha Fudge is from. And that's, so those are our people. Uh, we did um, Head Start was someone who came to Capitol Hill. We've talked to some groups on um, who are mm, supportive of a woman's right to choose. Uh, I, I spoke with some people from the Port Authority. So I also do transportation. That's part of my um, what they've given me to work on. So I do education and transportation. And um, basically, I just 
most of the time I get to go explore and learn about things that I'm interested in. And occasionally they ask me to do some things. So right now we're looking at the legislation that they put forth in the 115th uh, Congress and also uh, a little bit back beyond to the 114th and 113th as we make our plan for what the 116th Congress will look like and what um, legislation they might want to put forward through from our office. And, and who might be our alliances if we can try to find some uh, bipartisanship in that. Okay. So you said you're looking back to the uh, 113th. So is, is that like pretty much every two years? Every two years, okay. right. 115th was the one that just finished as of Tuesday. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, tomorrow, right? Would that be it? Two days. Two days. Right. Tomorrow's Monday, I hope. Well, oh, well. Yes. 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 You're so right. So Tuesday, everybody yes. should get out and vote on Tuesday. <laughs> Everyone That's should right. get out and vote. Yes, they should. Um, okay. So thus far, two months in, do you believe that your entire tenure will kind of basically mirror this experience or will there be a certain point at which um, your role, your responsibilities will change? I expect that my roles and responsibilities will change once uh, the voting has been done, once we figure out who's going to be um, uh, the majority leaders in the next Congress, and um, then we'll decide uh, what to put forward. I think the committees will get rolling again. I think I'll have a lot more um, meetings to attend, and um I'll just continue moving forward, figuring out what I want to be when I grow up as part of all of that, too. So, yeah. Have you given any thoughts to what you want to do? Uh, I have a couple of ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, My school has me on a leave of absence, so I know that when I'm done with this, I can go back to my school the following school year, 2019-2020. I don't know what role I'll serve in that um, because we hired uh, an intern that worked with me Um, Two years ago, we hired him as a full-time instead of just a one-year because he's fabulous. And so he's sort of taken my spot teaching my classes. So I don't know what I'll go back to, um, but I'd like to go back and start a school within a school, a STEM program where um, students who are interested in a career in STEM can just really focus on taking those math, science, engineering, and technology classes that they'll need uh, to further that career once they decide what school they want to go to for graduate work now um the classes that uh, this intern took over or this Mm full-time is he still an intern or is he just he's not an intern no he's he's a full-time full-time so those classes that he's now taking over what classes were those so i was teaching primarily geometry and uh, advanced placement statistics all right yeah Right. Statistics is really my thing. So I've got a couple of ideas about what to do when I grow up. One is this school within a school. I also think um, maybe I might be best served by going to uh, the college level and teaching statistics all the time because that's really my thing. The statistics. You said you have some ideas. So I love teaching statistics. Um, and I think right now for me at the, at, at the high school level um, – What I really appreciate is that my class is the most accessible as far as the advanced placement classes go. Um, More kids can take my class and and feel success 
uh, they don't have to be able to score a four or a five on the AP class. They can just feel success by having taken the class and, and do so successfully. Um, success being measured by the how much statistics they know or or the fact that they can read a newspaper and they can look at a graph and know whether or not they're being snowed by someone or whether or not they can figure out you know this is what I can interpret from what I'm seeing or hey is this a uh, credible source that the information is coming from things like that so I think statistics is more relevant to their life and so that's why I'm passionate about teaching that to students so in, re- in relating to your students uh, what, what, what would you feel is uh, your secret sauce in terms of being able to relay um, somewhat complicated topics or uh, complicated um, what's what I'm looking for uh, 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 ideas, content, whatever you want to call it, with respect to statistics to them. Secret sauce is making close, personal, long-lasting connections with young people. Always. If they believe that you care about them, they're going to be invested enough to learn what you're saying. They're they're going to care about what you're saying. Um, I had a really... uh, I had this student in uh, even Algebra 2, and she... um, Actually, I had her in geometry. She was taking Algebra 2 last year. She wasn't my student. I saw her in the hallway uh, after elections happened in 2016. Um, I just took one look at her. I knew she was going to cry. She cried. And I just said, let's just sit down here in the hallway and, and you know, cry it out. It's okay because uh, things are going to change um, with this new administration. And it's, it's not how we thought it was going to go down. And this is the way it is. And, you know, w- what can we do? What can, how can we be proactive? You know, how can you take part in um, um, voting and uh, speaking what it is that, you know, you care about, sharing that with other people and finding like-minded individuals to to work with and work through all that. And I just think she she knew um, what she needed in the moment and I knew what she needed in the moment. And that's because we had built this close personal connection the year before. So that's why I teach high school. Is because those kids are looking for connections. And uh, have you always been teaching high school students, or I have. I took uh, of the twenty years that I've been teaching, uh, nineteen of them have been in high school. One year I took a little break from that and taught middle school, and I will not go back to that again. Uh, they suck the life out of me in terms of energy, but I will say that I had a lot of fun with those kids out in California, and we did a lot of really cool things and took part in um, a pentathlon and. You know, I took them on the road because they were special kids and we were able to do some amazing things. Pentathlon. What are those five? Uh, those? I can't even remember now what they were, but uh, they, they were all math related uh, problem solving and geometry and algebra and I don't know, some sort of uh, timed thing and and maybe um, probably like numeracy or something like that. I don't I don't even remember, but it was amazing. Because the kids were great. So both of you all have achieved definitely levels of success in um, the the, the careers that you all now find yourself on. So I'm wondering, John, how does Kate help you with respect to the whole winemaking process? Well, I will tell you that um, planting the new vineyard this year, working from 5 in the morning till 8 at night, it was wearing me out. Um, every aspect of planting was not going the way that I expected it to go. And I finally was down to my last 
1200 grapevines i think it was and she says well i'll come out and help you so she came out and uh we got through those 1200 um she planted about 200 of the thousand but really what pulled me through was the fact that she was there with me and encouraged me to go through that final phase of planting those grapes um, that's the most amazing part about the vineyard that i remember and i've helped you with some calculations a lot of yeah. calculations yes every time i have to do some kind of uh um breakdown of uh, volume or proportion mass problems. proportion problems um she steps in and and does the math for me do you ever use statistical analysis like standard deviations uh, with respect to oh well the the weather during this time was you know that you know we haven't needed to do much of that Mo okay. most of it has been proportional reasoning okay which is one of those things i think that all kids should graduate with an understanding of yeah definitely and so, uh, Kate, how about the other way? Um, how does John possibly help out with respect to um, your success as a math teacher? He's been super supportive. I, I have taken on a lot of stuff in the last five years, um, six years, seven years. Uh, in 2010, I decided that I wanted to become nationally board certified. That took a lot of work. Um, that came to fruition in 2012, right about that time I was starting to find my voice. Um, in 2015, I became a presidential awardee, and so I was doing a little traveling for that, continuing to find my voice and take part in more uh, responsibilities as far as uh, the union and um, other things at school. In 2007, I became the 2017 Vermont State Teacher of the Year had a lot of travel involved with that um, and so then with this whole fellowship I mean he's really he's really raising our children and uh, instead of just sort of leaving them to the wolves he's really stepped up he when we decided to have Nora in 2009 I said look you you either need to go back to engineering and make the money that you were making before so that we can pay for daycare or if you're going to pursue the wine you need to take on the daycare with the wine and so he strapped Nora to the front of him and he warmed up you know breast milk and this uh heater thing in the in the car and to to be able to give her when she needed it and and sort of took that on so ever since then he's he's a really great dad he's a great best friend he's a great companion and um I couldn't have gone on these adventures and done these things. And likewise, you know, I've, I've been super supportive of his decision to, to start the business. So really it's a, a partnership that goes beyond uh, the partnership on paper as far as the LLC is concerned with the business. And that's so great. It seems like you all have like a, a great, great, great partnership. All right. You ready for the seven questions? I'm ready for the seven questions. All right. Number one. All right. Uh, uh, Book to add to the library. It's got to be Colin Powell's. Um, it, it worked for me in life and leadership. It's been uh, a, a really great book to have on my bedside bedside stand. It's one of those you can pick up and uh, read a few pages and then go on to the next. I had the great opportunity to meet him um, in Boston at the ASCD conference, and he's he, I. I'm not a Republican, but uh, as far as Republicans go, he, he's just, he's a great man, a really great leader and a really great man. 
And so I would pick up his book. All right. Uh, question number two, podcast to subscribe to. Uh, lately, I have been listening to um, Sex with Emily. Okay. Tell us about it. Uh, she's uh, really great. She gives uh, great advice. She brings on really great guests. Um, the most memorable is when she, she brings on her partner, who's actually a comedian, and he's super funny. And when they're answering emails, he just they just really make me laugh. But she also, um, she never really, uh, she never makes people feel you know, uh, different or um, uh, awkward by the questions that they have regarding um, sex and relationships. So um, I don't know. It's been a great podcast. It's it's also really um, enhanced my ability to have those conversations with my husband and just like bring up whatever it is that we want to talk about. So we're talking more and communication is key. So is Emily uh, some sort of authority with respect to sex education or sex therapy or something? I believe that she has a doctorate in uh, whatever it takes. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just wondering. But more, more or less, it's really just uh, the the pushing the communication with whoever it is that your partner to, to make things better. That's great. Uh, number three, something that you didn't know that you needed until you got it. So I was sort of stuck on this, but my husband says it's my voice. And I, I got my voice when I became nationally board certified. And I have uh, really enhanced that when I became Vermont State Teacher of the Year. Uh, Vermont NEA asks me to uh, to speak at uh, different um, press, press conferences. Um, right now we're sort of speaking out against the governor as he's trying to uh, take... Um, bargaining right bargaining rights uh, away from the union so um, yeah I think it's really important to speak up for the teachers that are in Vermont and and really just make sure that everybody understands the hard work that we do and and why we do it we do it for the kids and to build those relationships because that's what they need All right um, on average how many speeches do you give in like public forums in a year I would say Probably somewhere around five or six, um, but really I'm on call. So when somebody needs me to do something, I'm going to be there to do it. And and often I go with other fellow teachers of the year. Um, the 2016 teacher of the year is Susan Koch. She teaches um, at my daughter's school, so we have a nice relationship that way. And the 2018 teacher of the year is... Um, is also pretty fabulous, and she's in uh, the Burlington area, so we kind of go as a show. Are they both math teachers as well? No, Susan Koch is an elementary school teacher, and the 2018 teacher is um, an English teacher. So she's high school level, but English. Okay. Number four, uh, bucket list place to travel. There's a place in the world that you've been that you would recommend that the listeners add to their bucket list. A place that we've been so uh, really really liked Kauai I would go back to Kauai absolutely and I would suggest other people go there um, I'm not big on the helicopter ride that was horrendous for me but my husband really liked it uh, but I did love the fact that it was a place that was sort of tropical where you could feel free to swim in the waters and I was told that there were no snakes in the water. That's snakes freak me out, 
and um and spiders and spiders definitely so to know that i could swim in those waters and underneath the waterfalls and all of that and not have to worry about anything that was in the water that was a big plus great uh, now Kauai is is that the that's one of the islands of hawaii correct and um is there a city in in in, in Kauai, or is there like pretty much the whole island is is itself and you have to take a helicopter yeah you can there. pretty much go see the whole island in in a day you could rent a car and zip i think around. it takes two and a half hours to go from yeah one end to the other it's pretty small now is this the island with the black sand beaches no okay this is the tropical island of all the islands it's the one that has the most rainforest and also the grand canyon of hawaii and if you're like a jurassic park fan it's also where a lot of jurassic park was filmed yes all right great number five um but uh 50 mile detour restaurant this is a restaurant that uh if you were going from point a to point b and you have to be within 50 miles of this restaurant it would be worth your while to detour and go eat at this restaurant okay so originally when we saw this we picked one in dc but i'm gonna go with the reservoir which is in waterbury and really if you're within 50 miles of waterbury vermont you should go to the reservoir because they have fantastic beer on tap and they have really good wings and really good burgers. So, yeah, that's where I will go. Okay. Any oysters? No, no oysters, but they have popcorn and you can like help yourself. And if you have kids, kids like popcorn. I love popcorn. Nora loves the popcorn maker. And is it like a special type of flavored popcorn? Or is it just regular butter popcorn? No, nope, just buttery, salty. You know, the more Movie you eat style. it, the more beer you want. The more beer you want, the more beer you order. And yeah, it's a really good time. I like it. Vermont has great beer. So really, all you have to do is get into Vermont. But if you're within 50 miles of Waterbury, I would go to the reservoir. So what's a local beer that you would name drop? Uh, definitely Hetty Topper by The Alchemist and Lawson's Sip of Sunshine. What type of what type of beers are these? There are both double IPAs. Oh, you like the hops? I do. Okay. And from somebody who doesn't like the hops, Fourteen Star Brewery, 14 Maple Star. Breakfast Stout. Vermont is known for their maple syrup. They use 100% Vermont maple syrup making this breakfast stout. It is awesome. I think I may have heard of it. They, we have the uh, craft brew cellar over yeah. at a Third and H. And uh, I remember there was like a line outside one time and they said, I think around this time, it comes out around Thanksgiving or Christmas, I believe. Well, we can get it all year round. Oh, so. okay. I don't know what you can do down here in DC. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was something called the um, breakfast stout or something like that where it had the maple syrup. I remember it's, him saying that. It's fantastic. Said, yeah, it's that good. So in the winery, when it's bottling day mm-hmm. at 10 a.m., we're drinking maple breakfast stout. Mm-hmm. That's how good it is. I like it. And what was the um? So that was that was fourteen star brewery. Mm-hmm. Fourteen star. Brewery. And what was the Heady Topper one? The Alchemist, Alchemist. is Heady Topper, and then uh, Lawson's Sip of Sunshine. Okay, Lawson's. Okay. All right. Uh, number six. Your number one skill. This is your uh, honed craft. Number one honed craft. I guess Kate's pointing back to me. So, being that I have been in aerospace engineer for so long um my number one skill now i believe is producing some of the finest vermont wines that you can get and um, that went from 
being a very analytical side of the engineering part of my life to becoming very creative and seeing how the wine has evolved over the last 11 years. That's great. Um, Kate, you got one? Hmm. I really like to cook, and I think the more time I spend in the kitchen, the better that craft gets. Okay, so cooking? Yeah. Sounds good. All right, last but certainly not least, number one talent. This is your innate proficiency. Yeah, I, I'm often asked why I don't have discipline problems in my classroom, and I would say it's because of the fact that I can make close personal connections, long-lasting connections with uh, the students that I encounter. And just building those relationships, I don't have the discipline problems that other teachers have. Do you still keep in contact with your students that have long Absolutely, like Absolutely, yeah. In fact, a week and a half ago, we were at um, a wedding in California for uh, a young man who I taught for a few years in California during the time that we were there. Um, I just got an email the other day from a young lady who's at the University of Vermont who was like, hey, you're not going to believe this because... I know statistics was a struggle for me, but uh, I'm taking stats and I just love it. Like, thank you so much. And just, yeah. And I just wrote a letter of recommendation for one who's uh, finishing senior year and starting to look at colleges. So they reach out all the time. That's great. How about you, John? Uh, Number one talent. I don't really know what that might be. I guess lately it's um, trying to find a way to get from one sporting event to the other. So it can be in the same day that I hit two different sporting events for both children and going to see one for 10 minutes, headed to the other one to see them for 10 minutes, back to the other one for theirs, and then finally to pick them both up. So um, with Kate being in in DC. Yeah, and you made him dinner. With Kate in D.C., I've had to uh, kind of refine my talents along the uh, the children route. Wow. So you'll go to one, leave, and then come back, pick that one up, and then take that one and see the last 10 minutes. I do. Wow. Yeah, that is that is amazing. While taking photos and sending them to Kate in D.C. so she can see the action as it's taking place. Wow. Multitasking. I like it. I like it. So great. Um, do you have any um, social media that you would want to share, like for the vineyard or for yourself uh, with respect to teaching? Uh, for myself, with respect to teaching, you can follow me on Twitter at KMCCANNU as an umbrella, 32. And myself at North Branch Vineyards at NB Vineyard on Twitter as well. All right. Great. So. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank this, you. This is this is really great. You all definitely, man, kudos to both of you all. You all are doing very well in, in your respective fields, and I wish you much continued success. The home is great. We love staying here. The thank kids you. feel right at home. Perfect. So it's wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming back, and hopefully we'll see you again. You will. All thank right. you. Great. Uh, on behalf of John and Kate. I'm Innkeeper Freddy. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.